going to look at uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Uh, we're going to be talking about this because this, of course, is also about disciple-driven and uh, where we're going in the future in terms of making disciples. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Sometimes we forget that part of the Great Commission. What is Jesus Christ saying? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The one speaker put it that way. He means that he is the chief executive officer of the universe in complete control of the world. He's got the whole world in his hands. You all sing together? He's got it. Or not. He does. Jesus Christ is our Savior. And every Sunday, we come to remind ourselves that we are not God. Are you caught up in that? You think you're God? I do. <laughs> and I raise, no, no, not me. It's God. That's the one my life is about. That's why everything happens. That's what we're here about. So again, do His mission. And He, he has all authority, He says. So what He's saying to us, this is what you guys need to do. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, as you know, the main command is not go. The main command is make disciples. Make disciples. And there are three aspects of that. One is going on the present tense. So as you go, make disciples. Also, as you go, baptize new believers in Christ. And as you go, teach them. So that's a, kind of a summary of this. It's all about making disciples, baptizing, teaching, and going. And friends, we want to see a whole lot more of that. Because that is what we desire to do as a church. There's a crisis in the American church. Uh, it's happened over the last probably 50 years. What's happened is, is that our culture is not as supportive as they once were. In fact, sometimes they're downright hostile. We can understand that. They don't know the Lord, uh, how they might react. And Jesus Christ said we would be persecuted because of our faith. But, but, but the church has lost its way. And the sense is, what is our product? What are we doing together as a family here? What is our main goal? What is going to change eternity? And many evangelical churches have really changed the Great Commission. What they say is, go therefore and make attenders of all nations. Attenders. Now, it's, a lot of churches lean that way, and uh, it's kind of low commitment, per se, and you can come out and go to a couple services, and, and you're all good. Now, I wish I could say that. There might be some more people here. <laughs> but I can't, because he tells us to make disciples. Not attenders. 
make disciples, those who are committed to Jesus Christ and His Lordship, and let Jesus Christ develop them spiritually, a week-by-week experience. So we want to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that baptize is the second command? First, we're to make disciples. And the first thing you're supposed to do with a disciple is to baptize them. When we think about baptism, it means a lot. Baptism is a sign of entrance into the community of faith. It is the initiation right into the community of faith. And it is initiation right. You're saying formally to everybody, you're saying to God, I'm in you. I want to follow you. I want to be part of this biblical community. I want to grow here. That's what it says when people are baptized, as we had several weeks ago. It is a confession of our faith publicly that we identify with the triune God as our God. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like an invitation into the Godhead. When we become Christians, uh, just symbolically remind us that, hey, The best community ever was the Godhead, right? The Trinity. The Trinity. You see that a lot in early parts of Genesis. And the Trinity made us in order that we might be able to relate to each other. And that He would be able to love us and bring us into relationship with Him. Number three, it's a symbol of washing of regeneration and forgiveness of sins. Of course, as we baptize people by immersion, we take them down and up again. And that again is a symbol of washing, of regeneration, and forgiveness of sins. It's a sign of our incorporation into the death and resurrection of Jesus. Friends, I want to encourage you to be baptized. I was talking to Rich this week, and he said that we have 40 people who've been through our class that haven't been baptized. I'm not sure what they learned in the class. <laughs> I know Rich is teaching it the right way. But why would 40 people not do anything? This is the first thing you should do as a Christ follower. Remember the book of Acts? 3,000 people were baptized. Yeah. So I want to encourage you today. I know there's a lot of fears and concerns. But it's your job to work through those fears and concerns. It's your job to find out and talk with people and and study it because it is a command. Now, it's not a command that's going to save you, but he says you go out there, make disciples, and the first thing you do is you baptize them. So we would love to journey with you. Pastor Rich has that class every other month and we would love to baptize you. And the Spirit told me as I was prepping, He said, you got to say this, Stan. A lot of you have gone through the processing. He just said, no, I'm not going to do it. And it's pure stubbornness. It's not necessarily fear. You can work through your fear, but if you just want to do it, you're disobeying God. So we want to encourage you. In fact, we'll have... Uh, Let's see, after Easter, we'll do a baptism service after Easter. If you say to us, I'd like to be baptized, 
Holy Spirit convicted you today and say, it's time for me to take the plunge because Jesus Christ commanded it. And if he saved my soul, why can't I get a little bit wet? Why can't I profess my faith in him? Acts 2.42, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of the bread and prayer. We talk about uh, discipleship. It's all about relationships, isn't it? Just like here in the New Testament, their practice was to get together in each other's homes and devote themselves, commit themselves to the teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. One of the challenges we have today because of our culture and other reasons is that people really don't invest in relationships in church, right? They're attenders. They're taught to attend. And many churches don't have a small group system like we do. And now we're going deeper with a long-sider system in order to, to grow disciples. Uh, it's a real problem. Because, friends, you cannot do the Christian life solo. It's impossible. You were built to be in relationship with a community of believers and there is no other way to do the Christian faith. In fact, if you're not in any, in any Christian relationship, you've got to turn things around. Because God has told us to minister to one another. In fact, uh, I included a list in our notes today of all the one another's in Scripture. Verse 24 of Hebrews says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's saying, hey, you've got to be together if you want to grow in relationships. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, here are the one another's. I'd like you guys to stand. Okay. Wake up the person next to you. There you go. All right. This is the first time we've ever done this, but we are going to recite all the one another's found in Scripture. Okay? Number one, be at peace with each other. Wash one another's feet. Love one another. 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 Trying to make a point, I guess, huh? <laughs> Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Love one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you. Instruct one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Well, I'll just stop right there. <laughs> that was back in that day. You know, a handshake, a hug. Uh, a person wants a holy kiss, I guess. Uh, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. Have equal concern for each other. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Serve one another in love. Do not lie to each other. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Teach one another. Admonish one another. Make your love increase and overflow for each other. 
love each other. Encourage each other. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Encourage one another daily. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Encourage one another. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against each other. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. Live in harmony with one another. Love each other deeply. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Love one another. 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 Isn't that powerful? Makes me shake, you know. That's what the family of God is all about. It's taking care of each other. It's helping each other grow spiritually. It's challenging each other. It's comforting each other. I would encourage you to take these notes home and just use them for your your quiet time this week. Because when you read them all together, it just really has such an impact. Like, wow, I guess i got to be concerned about other people in the body of Christ. And maybe take one of them and say, well, that's something I need to work on. But friends, we need each other. And that's why we continue to grow as a disciple-making family. You may be seated. Again, in Romans 12:10, it says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. We saw love one another a lot up there, didn't we? Know, ten times or something like that. So think about it. Think about this past week, the last month. How have you shown love to other believers? I know many of you had done a great job at it. But just think about it. Because really, you know you're growing in the Christian life when you start bearing fruit. When these things come into your lives. You decide, or the Holy Spirit decides for you that you're going to be doing this. I'll talk about the alongsider for a moment. Uh, we talked about this uh, last time in our service. Uh, we have been on a new journey with Disciple Driven. And uh, it's called the alongsiders. And it's the idea of coming alongside somebody, being a helper just like the Holy Spirit is, same word, come alongside someone to care and love for them. It started out when we uh, did the work for Disciple Driven, cast the vision, and I got on the phone and prayed, and we came across the Navigators, or God pointed us to the Navigators, and they had this church culture that we could develop as we applied these different biblical purposes and prayed uh, together, and we've been doing that. Bill Mowry is our coach. He spoke here a while ago, and he meets with Rich and I every week on the phone as we talk about how do we go deep with people, how do we encourage people to go beyond being an attender and continue to be changed by the love of Jesus Christ. Now we put together a leadership team. It's been meeting once a month. Once a month we get together to talk about how can we change our church culture to be all about love 
and discipleship. You'll see in this particular picture, uh, become an intentional disciple-making church. That's our goal. First of all, we have to have purposeful leaders. Purposeful leaders. And that's our leadership team. It's the elders and several others that we've invited in order uh, to build this vision. And then we need a picture of a disciple. Wouldn't it be cool if somebody walked in the door and uh, said, I just became a Christian. And said, we have a five-year plan for your life. We have plans for you for the next five years to grow into a strong disciple. That is really exciting to me. That's what I'm looking forward to. And what we're doing now is just putting that picture together of what a disciple looks like. And then we're going to lay out the pathway for discipleship. How are we going to do this? What are we going to ask people to do? How can we encourage people? Those type of things. So that's our next job as a group. And then practitioners for discipleship. Now, I know that uh, some of you have asked about being part of the Longsider program. And you can talk with Rich and I, and uh, we'll talk to you about that. Uh, right now, we're kind of in the building stage. But there will come a point where we'll just continue to involve people and continue to invite people. And if they want to be part of a Longsider relationship. And a Longsider relationship is uh, typically uh, you meet uh, twice a month with a group of maybe two, three people. And you have a longsider person who's been coached in the curriculum. Uh, so it's really, the, it's really the heart of it in ter- terms of accountability. Accountability and encouragement. We follow the Lord even closer. And so, for example, I have an alongsider group. We meet two Thursdays a month here at the church for two hours. And we go through different materials in terms of developing leadership and that type of thing. And then I meet with each one of them individually during the month. And that's the alongsider format. You meet together with just like, you know, no more than four people probably because you want to really get intimate. You want to be able to share things. And that's, again, where life change takes place. So you have that group maybe two times a month. And then you also have the individual meetings. That's taken like uh, 10 hours, uh, about 10 hours out of my month. And and I'm so glad. I'm so encouraged. It's really revitalized me. And uh, we'll be continuing to tell you more about it and ask you more about it because I believe God is going to do great things through this. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Uh, thank you for taking that hour away. <laughs> There's more sunlight. Lord, thank you that you care for every detail of our lives, Lord. And you are a God that is full of grace. Full of grace. Oh, your forgiveness. Your grace just washes over us. We stand righteous in your eyes. But being a disciple just doesn't mean becoming a Christian. It means to walk every day. We fall often, Lord. But we're asking you to help us. Help us to become an alongsider church. Help us to build a stronger discipleship culture. In Christ's name, amen.